Before we get into Cheap Heat this week, I just want to apologize to all of the Packerheads for the ranting of the next 25 minutes. I love you. Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. WrestleMania! WrestleMania is running last. We are about to enter a new, new, new era of the show. I see. Uh-huh. It hits different. It's insanity. It's pure insanity. It's professional wrestling. M-m-m-midge. Our forever 24-7 champion. He's a great guy. Peter Physically strong. A thousand percent. It is I. Shout out to that guy, Greg. M-m-m-midge. If you actually think it's still real to me, damn it! Welcome to the brand new Box Lunter. Sweet Pete, Statless One, and the Magent Agent. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. They call it Cheap Heat. Recording this on Friday, October 22nd, the first day where the new WWE rosters will be in full effect after yesterday's uh, big Riyadh uh, crown jewel affair. And we welcome to the program the physically impressive, after I'm hearing a successful uh, court appearance this morning, the very lawful, the abogado, as he's known in some circles, Stack Eye Greg. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Right. It's been a good week to be a client of mine. Really? People people been uh, getting off right and left? Pause. I got to say, I mean, today I had someone, you know, facing incarceration over a, a large amount of child support. Got that case dismissed. He's how, do, how do you get it? To go. He's I, not even. So here's the question. How do you get it dismissed given the amount of that was owed and the fact that there was time on the line. How do you get that dismissed? I the need, amount I need that was know. owed, the amount that was owed is significant. I'll say so. It's it's still owed, so he's it's the debt is still there. But you know, they call lawyers paperwork gangsters. You, you I, I looked at the paperwork; it wasn't right, and so we got that dismissed. And he probably won't have to worry about that until twenty twenty five around there so he's he's even got some time to to do what he got to do so he's got time to pay it but he still has to pay it he still has to pay it do you but the, the big thing is do you stress the thing that is, to the person? Do you she wanted him that? to go to jail oh, but i she, did okay i did you said you she, still got she wanted him to go to jail that was the big thing so like no jail he still got time to pay it and uh the courts aren't even going to hear hear the rest of her arguments on that case so does she know that um he won't be super effective in paying in jail yeah it's it, so what happens is a lot of times right the the courts when they tell somebody they got to go to because i've had this happen a couple of times where i've been on both sides of it somebody i was representing was ordered to go to jail over child support but then also somebody we were sending somebody to jail over and yeah Every time, in in every case, what they do is they would set up what's called a purge amount. So it's like, okay, we're going to send you to jail over this, but if you pay X amount of dollars, you can stay free. And 100% of the time, they find a way. these people c- come up with that purge amount. So it's not the full amount, but it's usually like 20 25%. And 
in every case, <laughs> they find the money to stay out of jail. So this so is why when, it's when, an, this is why it is an effective measure to threaten. This. <laughs> right, right. I haven't seen anybody go in yet. I've uh, the money always always materializes um, at that last moment. Um, well, SGG, that's we've done some good coverage of the law so far. <laughs> I guess we should also, it makes sense, get into some professional wrestling. Um, so I yeah. want I want to start out by Which asking, it was a big week too. It was a big week. It was a very big week. So I want to start out by asking you uh, what news we have from outside the ring. Well, the the news that I saw dominating the cycle is going to take from outside the ring. It's going to take us right inside the ring, honestly, because as we discussed on the program last week, Tony Khan was on Twitter and was very vocal about this uh, upcoming head-to-head half-an-hour battle that he was going to have with WWE. Sure. Um after we went off the air, he he mentioned that we, we learned that WWE was going to go commercial free for that half an hour that they were going to go head to head with AEW. Mm-hmm. And so AEW, I believe, countered by also going commercial free. So this this thing escalated even further after we got off the air and uh, the ratings and the numbers came out. And uh, there's some discrepancy about who actually won. Tony Khan was on social media claiming victory. Uh, but then there were people saying, well, WWE had the most total viewers, and so they won. You know how I feel. I don't think ratings matter. But you're a 20-year uh, radio veteran. Um, you've been on Hot 97 a long time, the number one show in the number one media market. So I think if there's anybody Not always number in this one. Space- we've been number one sometimes. We've been number five sometimes. We, we've been number... We've been number one, 18 to 34, while number seven, 18 to 49. We've been number two, 18 to 49, while number five, 18 to 34. Keep going. I see what you're saying. But yeah, but the point is, if there's anybody who really knows what they're talking about when it comes to this ratings battle, it's you. I'm sure you watched both programs, so... You're, you're, I feel like, uniquely qualified to to say, who do you think, who won? Who well, can won? You, can you tell us, do you have the actual numbers in front of you of, of who did what, actually? I can get the numbers. I can get the numbers. I believe the last I saw on a Showbuzz Daily was that WWE came in, they had roughly 800,000 total viewers. Okay. And so, yeah, WWE total viewership, they had 866,000. AEW Rampage came in at 578,000. Mm-hmm. Um, for all persons 18 to 49, they tied. But then within that demo, uh, males 18 to 49, AEW got a point. 34 to WWE's 0.32. All persons 1834. Uh AEW got a 0.17 to WWE's 0.15. Um and then in the 50 plus demographic, <laughs> WWE crushed them. I don't even know how or why, but um it was 0.43 to 0.21. And then they tied all persons 25 to 54. Uh, with a point two eight. 
So the so the one thing I guess that confuses me that they both had the exact same numbers in in those categories or so close to it seems interesting to me. Um, so listen, I understand now everyone wants to be a ratings expert and uh, the, everyone understands that the, the the key demographics. And by the way, that whole real key demographic narrative. As as far as I can recall, it really started with AEW talking about that because they 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 started talking about their eighteen to forty nine men number, I believe, and they've yeah. now made that like this thing. The bottom line is this: they didn't even really go heads up. It doesn't really matter. Um, right. they don't have half an hour numbers. I think I saw it reported that you know that the Roman Reigns segment did worse numbers than the. Uh, the Ruby Wright and the Bunny match. Yeah, I saw I, Roman I, Reigns Brock Lesnar contract signing. I didn't see those numbers. I, I, I saw so exactly I saw it yesterday, are, but... and it looks like it was basically a tie. Those numbers, so people are saying, you know, so well, here's what got here's what got me irritated. I don't really care. I looked at it. I saw the overall number, and the overall number to me is WWE reached three hundred thousand more people. Which which who the numbers mean something to I, I totally get that conversation you know like that if if i don't know for a fact that wwe and AEW only care about 18 to 49 so let me be clear hot 97 for example we care about both 18 to 34 and 18 to 49 and we care about men and women that is what hot 97 cares about so over the last I think it's like roughly the last two months that we've just been putting an ass whooping on the breakfast club in New York. It's been mostly 18 <laughs> to 34 everyone um, and 18 to 49. But those are the two demos we do care about most and those are the ones we've been really doing well in. Um, on the case show, over the last six weeks, even though there, were, there had been a nice push for about six months, over the last six weeks, we've been kicking our competition's ass. It's starting to get kind of, it's getting good. Um, and that number, <laughs> tribal chief, and that number that we both worry about us and our competitor is twenty-five to fifty-four males. So I do understand the concept well of focusing on one demo. What I don't have is information from WWE telling me, yes, that's what we care about is 18 to 49. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. Because when all of us talked about okay. the big numbers of the Monday Night Wars, we were always talking about the big overall number. What was the number? You know, yeah. 4.2 million to 3.7 million. That's what we talked about then. That that was that, yeah. that was was That's always the number that's really talked about is the big overall number, number of eyeballs reached. To me... It seems like, and I I don't care how biased this seems because those of you who listen to the podcast know that I'm not a hater and I enjoy uh, the the AEW product as well. So I don't. Care oh yeah, how- you crushed me on behalf of AEW. Yeah, we, you're you're the one so, I consider to be the anybody, mouthpiece of WWE. Anybody who listens, but you have to listen to know. Knows. You have to listen to know. You can't just you can't <laughs> exactly the people on Twitter who just hate on me because I'm living their dream, they don't actually listen to what we do. So they just call me a shill. Yeah, I saw 
I saw you got called the WWE homer yesterday, and I did laugh a little bit. I, I know. I was like, wow, that is someone who's <laughs> never listened to the podcast ever. You, you all, you are, yeah. you're letting your jealousy show because if you're judging me as a wow. quote unquote homer, that means you're only saying that because I work there and you're mad about that. So, anyways, let's not, we'll get there in a second. However, so I understand this numbers breakdown, break but to me, it seems that the goalpost is being moved. When now it's all about 18 to 49 persons and we're no longer talking about who's reaching the big number. So so I think that is I think that is when I made a statement on Twitter where I said I was responding to my friend Robin Lumberg's article about how big Roman Reigns is and how, how good Reigns is. And in the comments about that, everyone started talking about Reigns losing to Ruby Soho and the bunny. So I said two things I noticed from the comments here. Number one, how much people don't understand ratings. And number two, how in their attempt to discredit Roman Reigns, they're burying Ruby Soho and the bunny. By basically being like, you yeah. lost to Ruby Soho and the bunny? Like, you don't realize that the people, <laughs> right. I thought you're trying to big up AEW. Why are you dissing the hell out of Ruby Soho, who was a big acquisition for them? And the bunny, who frankly I've enjoyed since AEW started. So I don't know why you <laughs> need to utterly <laughs> bury them to try to attack Roman Reigns. So I, that's all I was pointing out. I didn't even get into the specifics. If I were to get into the specifics, I would say this. If you try to look at ratings as a segment-by-segment segment breakdown, it is absolutely a fool's, fool's process to do that. There, right. There is... Yo, we I so I break down our ratings. Um, my, my my producer Anthony will break down our ratings, and RJ used to do this as well. He'll break down the ratings at the end of a quarter and be like, "Here's what the segments did. Here are the segments that did well. Here are our segments that did worst." Bro, when you start breaking it down like that, and you don't just look at the overall big picture of how you're doing, it makes no sense. I am telling you, we have had notable guests notable guests on our show and I'll see the rating for that segment and it will say it scored a 0.0 .0. then what I will see a segment in which Peter Michael and Don argue about the release date of new curb your enthusiasm season 15.3 it makes no <laughs> if you try to parse it out segment by segment Cool, do it if you want to do that because you want to find a way to diss Roman Reigns in WWE. That's fine. Enjoy yourself. What I'm saying is you don't understand ratings. You don't do this. You don't operate in this. You know nothing about it at all. And all these people are commenting on it, getting into the nitty-gritty. These rating sample sizes are so small that when you get into segment by segment, it loses any meaning. All you can do is look at a collection of ratings over time to see a trend and what's really happening. When we get overly caught up, yes, if if we see a pop where one week a number goes up, they announced that Brock Lesnar was going to appear and they went from a two to a three and a half. Okay, we can point out a spike that happened there on that week likely because of that. But in general, right. guys, let me help you. People, nerds on Twitter and supposed wrestling journals, let me help you. Ratings need time. They're only worthwhile over time to see what numbers are doing. Like getting into these, let's look at the actual segment. Oh, that means that Ruby Soho and Bunny are clearly doing better work than Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. 
it actually nullifies your own argument. And that's not a diss to Ruby Soho and, and Bunny who had a random match. But Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are objectively one of the most interesting things in the entire business. It doesn't even yeah, make sense. Consistently, too, to your point, consistently over time. Over time, it's something people are invested in. So the fact that you guys don't understand the numbers and you're unintentionally dissing uh, Bunny and Ruby Soho, it's just stupid. So I commented on that. That's all I said. I didn't even say anything about the actual ratings. I said people don't understand ratings. And Which is a fact. Let's let's just let's be, just be honest. You guys know you don't study it's, ratings. It's a it's a fact. It's a fact. It's why I say I don't care. Partially, I don't get it, and and it goes back to what you said earlier too. I don't think it matters because I see these ratings and I see the demo, and like you said, we know that AEW cares about the demo. We don't know if WWE cares about it or if they should, or if their business partners care, and if they should. We know that WWE continues to get these major deals and that AEW locks up great deals in their own right. And even if they didn't, they have a billionaire who's willing to write a blank check. So like it's it's even it's even hard to say who won after listening to your expertise because no, I, it is. they're just running different races. They're running different races. They're, it, AEW it's t- AEW got the demo. Congratulations. That's a win for if, them. And it, WWE if, got the total viewership. It, exactly. So uh, you And that I, might be a win for them. And I don't know what a what a win is for WWE. You can, you guys can tell me you're sure all they care about is 18 to 49. I can tell you I've had conversations with people very high up in WWE about ratings, demos, etc. And I don't think you're completely aware of everything that they're looking for. I don't. That being said, you guys know our listeners know at least that we all are very impressed with the general growth of AEW, but I also thought that this was a mistake by um, by Tony Khan to try to go this hard. And to be honest, it, it, listen, he did help them out in that their ratings had been sinking and sinking, and they went up a bit. Oh, they stopped the bleeding. They stopped the bleeding. So that's definitely well, and, and, a win. And that's helped by him and also helped by WWE by even you know kind of turning this into a thing. So after I said, and my exact tweet was, Shout out to all the people in the comments who, A, don't understand ratings at all, and B, in their attempt to discredit Roman, end up completely burying Ruby Soho and Bunny instead. Someone named The Great Fowler, um, who's a known douchebag, just kidding, I don't know who it is, but they said, (laughs) how can someone be so wrong every time? But what was wrong? I'm wrong in saying people don't understand ratings? No. That's a fact. That's a fact. I'm wrong in saying that the people uh, were trying to go after Roman, but they were burying Ruby Soho and Bunny. No, I could read you the tweets. It was one after another. You're talking about them like they're trash. You're being like, how could you lose yeah, to them? That, that's so, which is, so you just called me out for being wrong, <laughs> neither of which. And this is why I apologize to all of you, Peckerheads. You don't deserve to have me, and I promise we'll get to everything from the week. But this is why I get so frustrated with the internet and the level of hate that comes at me for no reason. Nothing I said was wrong. You effing dorks. If you left your basement for 15 minutes, if you went on one date with a human being, if you did anything worthwhile with your life, you would understand how to communicate socially. This doesn't make sense. So then the king of unable to communicate socially and never had a date in his life, Dave Meltzer decides to tweet. He retweets my tweet. He'll never at me, by the way. He won't retweet my tweet. He has to retweet it. No, no. He retweeted someone else 
who's who screenshotted my tweet. These haters won't even retweet me. They have to screenshot the tweet and then post the screenshot of the tweet. Maybe it's their journalism in case I delete it. Because, you know, I'd be so embarrassed by what I tweeted. So Meltzer... <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Meltzer retweets his screenshot and says, I get being a homer and all, but... Sm- and Greg, I beg you to translate this to English. I get being a homer and all, but smart homers who work in the entertainment world and know better shouldn't be outright lying. Besides, it's not about who won anyway. It's about what you learn from the results. If you don't learn, you're way behind those that do. Yo, all right, let's take off the little special episode of Blossom cliche at the end, okay? That's fine. It's not about... The more more you know. Yeah, it's it's about what you learn from the result if you don't learn. Okay, that's great. That's not even what this conversation is about. So we'll give back his Blossom quote. Yeah. We'll just go to the beginning. I get being a homer and all, but smart homers who work in the entertainment world and know better shouldn't be outright lying again my comment was shout out to the people in the comments who don't understand ratings at all and who bury ruby soho and bunny where was the lie where was anything even capable of being a lie i'm lying in saying that people don't know ratings people really do know ratings so that's the lie is that the huge outright lie you're accusing me of and you dave Meltzer, the guy who a month ago said that Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair sent 2,000 people running for the exits like Godzilla showed up? I'm the outright liar for giving an opinion. You, the guy who justifies the the idea that I might pay to be on WWE television and that I paid for the 24-7 championship. You, that guy who pushes that narrative, knowing there's no way that could be humanly possible. What would the amount of money I'd have to pay to Vince McMahon make it worthwhile to put me on TV every single month? How much money do I have? You have a lot. You do have a lot. I have some money. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. But I don't have enough. We can bleep that out. I don't have enough for that. And I am the outright liar? That's so even, crazy. Even better, if we could keep it into this conversation, you know, just two years ago, Meltzer was saying that overall numbers matter in terms of ratings. He was corrected, and then, you know, he switched his stance since. But does that disprove your point that people don't understand ratings when for years and years he was talking about overall viewership, but now he's talking about the demo? And like completely switch the stance. No, he himself didn't even understand these ratings and will go on weekly. I don't know if it was a podcast or what, but he would discuss it all the time. And he himself didn't even understand the ratings. So that proves. And by the way, remember, remember, it's not even like I was referring to a, a Dave Meltzer, for example. I was literally responding to commenters to my friend Robin's article for Sports Illustrated. These weren't even. I didn't even say the wrestling journalist, quote unquote, don't get it. The Dave Meltzer's, I didn't even say that. Do you even know who I was talking to? I was referring to people in comments when I said they didn't understand ratings. And they don't. The trolls who, yeah, they don't. Why would they understand ratings? None of you people live in ratings. None of you do. Yo, do you understand? 
I literally get paid, not only theoretically like my salary, my bonus, my bonus structure, which is a real part of the money I make, is literally in ratings. I have to read them all the time. <laughs> I, that is a unique, I admit, that's a unique, that's a, it's a unique qualification. Awful. It is awful. <laughs> it sounds, it's awful. Sounds terrible. Do you know how hard it is? It is, it is awful. I don't live in an era where clout or, 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 you know, supposed internet popularity, it all comes down to these stupid books. It's not easy. It's really hard. You have times when you lose and you're like, how could we have lost to this person when we were doing this thing? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. By the way, sometimes it doesn't add up and sometimes it doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. And and so right. and, and then I just really enjoyed the line from him saying uh, someone in the entertainment world. Uh, but smart homers who work in the entertainment world and know better. Bro, how do you know anything about working in the entertainment world? How are you even saying those words to me? I work for three of the most iconic entertainment brands that exist. You work in your mom's basement doing a zine. Honestly, that's literally what you do. And I know to us wrestling nerds, it seems really big and really mainstream. And so many people consume it. Nobody knows who this dude is. Like, we are so right. lost in our own thing. Nobody knows. You're we're in a bubble because we love wrestling. It's true. We love wrestling, and we we're in a we're in a circle this big. We're like just stepping outside of it. Listen, it he's a, why he, we he's think a historian, that, like, SGG, and I respect his historical knowledge. He's been around. He's been doing it for a long time. I'm not discrediting the man's entire life, but please don't bring up uh, uh, people who should know the entertainment world. When I work at Hot 97, ESPN, and WWE, please don't don't bring up who should know what about the entertainment world. What, because you got interviewed for Dark Side of the Ring? Calm the f*** down, Dave. <laughs> right. Go have some more meatloaf. Relax. All right, I'm done. I didn't even, I didn't want to do that that long. It needed to be said. It needed to be said. I Crown know. Jewel. Oh, go ahead, please. Crown Jewel was, was yesterday. It was, it was yesterday. It was a big card, the Crown Jewel. And I will tell you one thing I noticed. Um, I was curious about this. I noticed that on... YouTube, when I checked the numbers for um, the kickoff show that we did at 11 a.m., I noticed that, for example, as of right now, the, the viewers for the kickoff show are at 1.2 million. The, um, what was last? Extreme Rules? Yes. The extreme, one Extreme Rules match. The Extreme Rules kickoff show, which was September 26th, is currently only at 981,000 views. So I am say, I am, what I am saying is that I noticed that people did definitely seem to be dialed in during the day to watching the network. That's dope. I mean, at least digitally, I wonder how big a number they do. You know what I'm saying? Because like when I look at that number, it says to me, a lot of people threw on the kickoff show because they were just sitting at their desk at work. Yeah, probably. Whereas That's on the weekend... I, I was they, trying to write a motion and threw on the... Threw on the kickoff show and the pay-per-view and all that so it was so i'll be curious i wonder how many people actually tuned in i say that to say that i i wonder if crown jewel is actually starting to feel a little bit more like a pay-per-view sgg the problem to me is the card this time was sick we've seen that before most of the results sort of felt like a continuation of what crown jewel always is which is 
bring the Briggs, Binks, bring the big stars out to Saudi Arabia. Keep the storylines basically the same. Generally, yes. I mean, we do remember that Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt at Crown Jewel, and I do believe Bray also won a championship at Crown Jewel. Okay, at a, at a Saudi show, maybe maybe Goldberg was a Super Showdown. So titles do change hands, and they do make shifts at this. So I don't want that to become the thing, but. As far as Crown Jewel, yesterday, you're right. No titles changed hands. We still don't know where Paul Heyman's loyalty lies. Um, the only big thing coming out of it is that the women's championships are on opposite shows. So, you know, will there be a title swap or unification? We don't know. But you, you mean because, then, there no was no, because there was no title change. Right. So the, the, <laughs> the SmackDown Women's Champion is not going to be there tonight, potentially, because... The SmackDown Women's Champion was drafted to Raw, and the you know the Raw Women's Championship could probably as actually it's definitely going to show up tonight because Charlotte has the championship and she was drafted to SmackDown. So, you know who knows what they're going to do with the with the actual titles. But you're right. Um, in terms of just those two, those are the only two hanging threads. Um, you know Lashley took a definitive loss to Goldberg. Edge and Seth Rollins had a had an amazing Hell in a Cell match, which. You know, the commentary went out of their way repeatedly to say that this feud is over. I hope it's not. I would love to see them do best of seven because this cell match was just in, incredible. It was an amazing opener to the show, I thought. So hopefully they give us more. But I think, but again, I think it's the end there. I mean, they are both going to Raw, so you don't know it could continue, but I think it's the end. And the one thing I'll say about this crown jewel is they gave the crowd, by having the king of the ring in the queen's crown tournament, they at least got to give people a definitive something on this show. Yeah. Queen's crown won by Zelina Vega, a queen from Queens. We both know about that. That's true. And uh, King of the Ring, Xavier Woods, who, who I didn't think they were going to do it. I was I got myself invested in the idea of the Demon King officially, like with him having the crown and the whole thing. But um, King Xavier Woods also has a nice ring to it. Man, I tell you what, I... I I am like, it's a wrestling business, just a really funny place because we just had a conversation about Xavier Woods and what his future potential was and how much can he really expect to grow. And it really did not seem like based on what we've seen that there was a whole lot of interest in Xavier Woods, the wrestler, you know, it's like he always gets love as being part of the new day, but doesn't always feel like he's getting the credit he deserves as a talent on his own. And then you yeah. blink, and three weeks pass, and <laughs> he's now king of the ring, and my guess is they will see how people react to that and how into it people are, and this will lead to the biggest singles moment of Xavier Woods' career in WWE. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, that's the only way to do it, right? Because it just wouldn't feel right to have him go back um, into the tag team fold with with Kofi Kingston, which it's it's crazy because, like, New Day's already, already one of the top tag teams. And now, yeah, he's the only one who didn't have that singles run. So for him to be able to get that, I think, and with New Day being on SmackDown, it opens up an opportunity. I don't think he's going to go right at Roman Reigns <laughs> right away. That wouldn't be smart. But... Um, but yeah, a big singles run for Xavier feels like it's been long overdue after watching Kofi 
and now Big E claim the WWE Championship. So we'll see where he goes with this. But he he took to it right away, though. He's he's very comfortable as king. Well, and this is the title he always like. Just as the nerd that Xavier is, this is what he's always wanted. He that this is the title he thought was cool was King of the Ring. Yeah. And even too, when you think about it too, you know, the WWE championship is arguably the industry's most prestigious prize, right? Some people would say the universal championship just because it's being held by Roman Reigns and guarded by, you know, Paul Heyman, who definitively has got to be in your top two greatest managers in history. But the King of the ring is, you know, you had Bret Hart had it twice. Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, King Don Morocco, you know Triple H, Stone Cold, King Booker. So Harley Race, Xavier King Woods of put him. Yeah, oh, oh, number one King of Wrestling. But Xavier Woods, just by claiming the crown, put himself in even more rare air because the number of people who've had King of the Ring is so limited. I think it's not even 25 guys who've had the King of the Ring. No, it's a very cool, it's a very, very cool thing for Woods. And I'll be interested to see how they do this. It gives them options. If they now separate him from Kofi more, what do they do with Kofi? Do they let everyone finally go on Solo's missions for a while? Um, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, especially because Big E is clearly, you know, with his win over Drew McIntyre. You know, he's firmly in as WWE champion now. You know, like we, yes. my initial worry that he was going to give it back to Lashley in two weeks proved not to be true. And now that he beat Drew McIntyre, makes you feel good that at the very least, Big E is going to Survivor Series, if not longer. Yeah. And, and I mean... We'll see. No, go right ahead. No, I mean, th this could end up being a significant title reign. And even if it were to end somehow at a Survivor Series, that would still make it, he he would have already made it like five, six weeks. It wouldn't have been a complete blip regardless. But I think it will. this is now going to go longer. We could be talking about, you know, um, the January 1st pay-per-view. What's it called? It's a new day. Yes, it is. Day one. <laughs> yeah, he uh, honestly, that's how he should open it up. <laughs> Right on day one, it's a new day. Yes, it is with his championship. So the, it, we, that's that's the January first, and I, I think that may be the only pay per view post Survivor Series. By the way, there's in a December pay per view. I don't think there's. I, well, I don't. I don't have the calendar. I don't think there's a December pay per view, bro. I don't think there is. So this well, that makes that pay per view even more interesting in terms of what what we might see at day one. And yes, you're right. Um, you're not seeing one. To the network schedule, we got. I'm not. We're seeing. I'm seeing Survivor Series, and then Day One. Right after that, very in interesting. Atlanta, kind of first. what's been uh, happening schedule wise when you think about that, because like in the past, they you wouldn't just get a, a Crown Jewel event. There'd be still be a WWE pay per view shortly thereafter. No, this, right. this, you, this time why Crown Jewel only say it October, doesn't matter. The only October yeah. pay-per-view. So there won't be an American pay-per-view between September 26th and November 21st. And then the upcoming event schedule is Survivor Series November 21st, 
day one, January 21st, and the Royal Rumble, January 29th. So I, I actually kind and of... And they go right into the roll to WrestleMania, which we all know, like, WrestleMania season's the most exciting time of the year for Wrestle. So this, this is... this is uh, I like that they're spacing out these pay-per-views a bit more. Um, I think it makes them feel more significant. I do too. And hopefully that means that on television, it translates to to storylines that feel more meaningful um, so that when we get to the pay-per-view, we really, we're really amped up to see like the hell in the cell, you know, Seth Rollins and edge had TV matches and the, there was a lot of building between SummerSlam and this hell in the cell. So hopefully when we get to these pay-per-views, if they space them out and they do the storytelling, right, people are more excited to see uh, what happens when the bells ring. All right. Yeah. It, it will certainly be interesting to see. Um, all right. SUG, you have to dip. I know he just signed off. SUG has to be, Back in court, saving lives live as he does every day. Uh, I've done enough ranting and raving today uh, for one day. I got to tell you, I, I really do apologize to you guys, the Cheap Heat audience, because you obviously, you're the last ones who deserve to hear me going off. But at the same time, I, I imagine you good peckerheads enjoy going off on some of the internet nonsense also. It's not that I like don't think people deserve to have an opinion. It's just the how how uninformed the opinions are and how sure people are of their opinions. I mean, like, e even with my situation in pro wrestling, I'm so quick to always point out that I really don't know anything, you know, and that it, it's not like, like you, you don't have to play baseball to analyze baseball and understand the rules of it. There's so much stuff about wrestling that is deeper than any sort of a competitive sport that are about balls and strikes. Um, that impact the way people understand it. And like right now, I'm looking on Twitter right now. There are people flipping out at Booker T again. And whenever you read Booker's statements, they're not really that crazy at all. It's just everyone has decided he's a homer. So his opinions are invalid. Yo, I wish you guys knew the real conversations that people have in real life. You don't know who a homer is. You don't know what people think. You don't know how critical people are. You don't know how objective people are. You you you're coming into reading every statement from him or from me with your mind made up. You're you already decided who we are. Thus the message gets completely warped. Man, I feel like SGG when we come at him for every opinion he has about uh AEW. All right, let's um let's do a little mailbag uh on this program and I do also want to point out, man, I really enjoyed um Roman and Brock. How did you guys feel? Uh, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. That is where you can send us email, of course. But, man, I really, really dug Roman and Brock. Um, I I hope there's more there than Crown Jewel. Um, I'm so curious to see how far they go with it. M-m-m-m-m-m-m-mail. But to me... They're just perfect dance partners. Like they they physically go together well. Size wise, Roman is a credible threat for Brock Lesnar. But Roman stylistically just works nicely with Brock. Like, listen, it wasn't a um knockdown drag out, you know, John Cena Brock Lesnar from a few years ago. It it wasn't, it's not that. This was more of a wrestling match. This was not a fight. This was a wrestling match for sure. For sure. And the one thing that stood out to me about the ending of the match where 
Paul Heyman throws the um, title in, in between Roman and Brock is that it seemed very clear that Brock was asking him to hand him the title and he clearly threw it above Brock and closer to Roman. So I don't know. I'm I'm really in between on where I think this is going. Um, and also very excited to see what they do. I guess part of me, if I'm being honest, is really rooting for him to stay with Roman. It just seems like going back to... It just seems like going back to Brock would be so predictable for Paul, you know. So it, it's a tough decision to make about where you go and how you and how you do it. Um, Ross writes us and says, "Mail, dear greatest twenty four seven champion of all time." Watching the baseball playoffs, I couldn't help but notice the signs MLB has posted behind the plate. Make it major. It's comforting to know that MLB creative team listens to cheap heat and borrows your terminology. They should at least give you dip and SGG credit. I'm assuming they're saying major and not major, but that would be major. Mail. Jose writes us about AEW storylines. Heard some weird email last week about AEW lacking in the stories. This is completely false. If the emailer wasn't a fan, how would he even know what the storylines are slash aren't? Not only do the wrestlers have their own long-term story arcs, there are plenty of slow-burning stories ongoing or some that just paid off. MJF Jericho feud story started with MJF joining the inner circle over a year ago, elite inner circle storyline prior to that. Now an inner circle American top team story. Listen, I I, I hear you. I, I think it's unfair to come out and say they don't have any good storylines, but I think there are times when, the, when you get away from the top storylines, I find the other storylines to get a little bit flimsy, but that's not, that, that's not shocking. Um, I, I hear you though. And I think the problem is that it's like everything. It's just that AEW fans, the hardcores, tend to be so high and mighty and so anti-WWE that it makes you want to look for holes in, in AEW. Mail. All right. Now, I, I just, moving on, hold on. I was about to read another email here about um, WWE versus AEW business. Uh, Eric V here, longtime listener, first-time emailer. I write about the stock market, and once in a while I write about one of my stocks, WWE. I just published an article in my regular outlet, The Motley Fool, taking a look at how real or not the threat of AEW is to WWE's business in the post-all-out era. I'm forwarding the link to you, as you might find this slightly different. Dollars and cents take on the rivalry. Anyways, here it is. Keep up the good work. Um, thank you, man. I'm going to check this out. I would love to hear this. Now, uh, the article's called 10,126 Reasons for WWE Investors to Worry Right Now. Interesting. That's it. The Motley Fool. So I'm going to check that out. Now, there's a rumor going around Twitter, and I don't know if it's true about tonight being a championship exchange between Charlotte and... And Becky, I hope that's not true. But at the same time, it looks like it's just being rumored. But if it is true, that stinks. And yet if it's not true, I don't know what they do. I do know. I do not know what they do with the title. It's sort of an awkward circumstance, to be honest with you. 
They have to get out of it in some way. Mail. Rosenberg beats at gmail.com. Tyson writes us and says, Rosenberg, hi, Dipperstein. <laughs> Sorry, he said, if you've been injured in an automobile accident, please call Rosenberg, Hyde, and Dipperstein. If you haven't noticed, the bloodline have been getting babyface cheers galore. The one finger thing the Usos are doing is mad over. So they need to do the Heyman turn back to Lesnar, right? Honestly, this is probably Brock's last or second to last real run. There might not be another opportunity for the Heyman storyline to manifest. I'd give Brock the title and essentially a double turn with Heyman and Cesaro siding with Brock. Lesnar can do this thing until Rumble or Mania. Bloodline goes babyface to take on a heel. Heyman's guys faction with Cesaro and whatever tag team. Don't know that it makes sense, but the Dirty Dogs could use better direction. Listen, he's right about one thing for sure, and that is the babyface cheers coming in for the Bloodline. No doubt about that. They're they're that I'm noticing more and more. It shows, and like. In one sense, it's to be expected. And in another sense, I mentioned that article that my friend Robin wrote for Sports Illustrated, and he was talking about, and, you know, Robin's not like a, at least as the, I've never known him to be a super hardcore wrestling fan, but he's certainly a wrestling fan enough that he wrote an article about Roman Reigns. And he talked about Roman Reigns sort of like mastering the cool heel. That, that him viewing it that way is part of the problem, I guess. Maybe Roman being one notch too cool in my eyes. One notch not cowardly enough. One notch not dirty enough. I think Roman, as evidenced by these cheers, could stand to be a little bit more crooked. Either a little bit more crooked or a little bit more weak. You know... He is sort of consistently cool, and that is a problem when you are trying to be the bad guy. Male. Dear Peter, the Rock of Gibraltar, Rosenberg, Pink and Black Stat Attack, and the One True Dipperstein. This is from Adam. Love the show since the maker of shoes, the cobbler era. My question is, can you tell the story of the modern pro wrestling landscape, a la The Godfather? VKM, the aging Don, who's now challenged by younger feds. Stephanie, sunny, vicious like her old man, but sometimes can miss the big picture. Triple H, Tom Hagen, a voice of reason that is all too often ignored. Shane, Michael, the prodigal son, his dad's favorite, but will distance himself from the family. Keep up the amazing work. The real dipper stand, Adam Danger. Very good email. I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. By the way, the Dipper Fiend will be back next week. The guy will not stop going to weddings. He's going and going. And speaking of which, I wonder if Dipperstein and I will do a live cheap heat from SGG's Mexico wedding in a couple weeks. I feel like that has to happen. Because we're going on a Thursday. So we got to do a Mexico episode from SGG's wedding. Maybe get SGG for a run-in the day before his nuptials. Have a wonderful weekend. RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Everyone back next week. Stay mage. Take it easy. At this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M-m-m-m-mage.